grandfather's here. It was a time when life didn't seem so complicated. Marriage is what brings us together today. What? 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 I'm killing myself once we reach the honeymoon suite. Wouldn't that be nice? A courtly age of gentle conversation. I won't always come for you. But how can you be sure? This is true love. Oh, no. Is this a kissing book? No. Actually, there was a lot of treachery. Errol. <coughs> and revenge. Prepare to die. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line! <laughs> There were affairs of state. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. And affairs of the heart. My Wesley will always come for me. Your Wesley is dead. I've seen worse. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. It's more than turning. What's the difference? We've got him. Think it'll work? To take a miracle. Bye-bye. It's a story of love. A tale of adventure. It's as real as the feelings you feel. You're kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much. The Princess Bride. Not just your basic, average, everyday, ordinary, run-of-the-mill. Welcome to the Film Realcast. It's episode 55. I'm your host for tonight's show. It's Stuart. I'm joined, I'm very pleased to say, as usual, by James, who's very unhappy that I didn't fuck the introduction up. <laughs> you are absolutely right. How are you? You know what, there's always that glimmer of hope. You know, anyone that's an F1 fan, when like Hamilton's has qualified third and you think, he's going to get the start, you get, there's a little bit of hope and the red lights go, and then, it, then the realisation of it doesn't happen, that's, uh, mm. uh, that's the stage I'm going through now. Well done, Stu. Thank you. It's been over a year, you haven't missed the intro. Graham. Good evening. Um, we had no... Long pause or know, sharp and takes a breath or any hovering fingers or anything during the yeah. start of that intro. Before we press the record button, nothing James does do. Kind of a funny ritual where he breathes in and out quite heavily yeah. and, and hovers his finger over. It's but pressure. He's, he's, it's he's smelling rather nice this evening. He is. What have you just sprayed? Links for him. Attract. Attraction. Attract. Attract. It's called Attract. We are exactly. trying not to have ourselves pulled across the room. Exactly. More than one. It's like a pheromone that he's given oh. out. It's fantastic. Yeah. I can hear some yeah. dogs running around the streets. Anyway. Okay, we are tonight, we're swapping swords for lightsabers or lightsabers for swords. We're getting rid of... Um, is that getting rid of the Phantom Menace, which we did last week. This week, um, we're doing The Princess Bride, which is a, uh, an action comedy family film made in 1987. When were you born, Graham? 86. Oh, he might like this one. It's, it's after he was born, Stewie. So you were born in 86. Oh, yeah. So, um, did you see this at the cinema? <laughs> <laughs> no. You didn't? No, no, yeah, I missed out on that one. I was, I was too busy, I don't know, teething or something. <laughs> well, this film was recommended by Mary Ryan, who's a, uh, uh, a friend on Twitter, and uh, 
she recommended this and she recommended some really other crazy films that um, I couldn't find um, for us all to watch. Um, but she's on Facebook, uh, she's on Twitter even, she's on LBB Jewelry, that's Mary Ryan. She's very creative and very nice. So uh, she recommended we do this film. It was great because I've never seen it before and again it's another reason why I really like doing these podcasts because we get to watch films um, that a lot of us would never have watched otherwise uh, and we get to actually sit down and enjoy them and take them in. So this film, as I say, is made in um, 1987. I don't know why I've not watched this film because I've watched most other films. Um, James, you've watched this before, haven't you? Yep. So, and Josh, who sadly can't be here, he'd watched it. So, I mean, it's got a really good cast. It's got one of those casts where you'll watch it, and you recognise the faces, you won't necessarily know the names, but you know what they've been in, you've seen them in yeah. lots of other things. I mean, the, the star of this is uh, Wesley, played by um, Kerry, I think it's, it's E-L-W-S, L-W-S, I presume. Kerry, is he English? Because he's played obviously Robin Hood. No, I don't think he, he is. He has English. an English accent in this. And I'm not too he was, sure. He, was, he did play Robin Hood in Robin Hood many yeah. times. Um, Hot Shots. Hot Shots, yeah. I'm not too sure. I, I don't know. But it's got um, Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> he's uh, he's Inigo Montoya. How is that how you pronounce his name? Indigo yeah. Montoya. Yeah. And you've got Chris Sarandon, who's Prince uh, Humperdinck. Christopher Guest, who's Count Tyrone Rugen. Uh, Wallace Shawn, who plays uh, Vizzini. And you've got Andre the Giant, who's Fezzik. Fred Savage, it's great to see him again, who's the grandson. Robin Wright, who's the Princess Bride. And uh, good to see Peter Falk as well, who plays the uh, grandfather and the stroke narrator. And also a funny one that I thought, Mel Smith. Mel Smith, brilliant, yeah, in there. And a nice also, little cameo in there. Yeah, and Peter Cook as well. So um, it's got Carol Kane, who plays Valerie. And of course, Billy Crystal, who's wearing loads of makeup, but he's got one of those voices... You, are, you can ju- you can tell it, but if you know Billy Crystal, you just know, you especially it. after watching like Monsters Inc. and things yeah. like that, you just you know. So it's got a really really good cast. So and, and the uh, this is, comes from a book, uh, The Princess Bride from 1973. It's a fantasy romance novel by William Goldman, who's credited obviously uh, on IMDb for writing this film, and the director's Rob Rayner. So, uh, but when the book's being um, read out by Peter Falk. It's uh, down as uh, The Princess Bide by S. Morgenstern, even though um, no such book exists with okay. him as being the, uh, the author of the book. Okay, so, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect when I started watching this. I didn't know if it was a musical. I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I mean, I mean at, let's be honest, out of the three of us, you are probably the, bigger, the biggest film buff out of the three of us. So I was quite surprised... That you hadn't seen it. Bearing in mind, this is up there with your big trouble, little Chinese, your Goonies. It has a cult following, and pretty much every kid I knew in my generation, up until obviously I met you, had pretty had pretty much seen it. I was yeah. gen, gen, genuinely surprised. Yeah, it's one of those films. I think it's because I thought it was a musical. That uh, okay. I um like kind of like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers or something like that. That I just stayed away from it. But the start of it is is really nice because. It's got Fred Savage, who's the grandson, um, who's like a typical youngster. I mean, he, he comes across as being about eight or nine, doesn't he? Yeah. Maybe a bit older than that. And uh, Peter Fawkes, his grandfather, who wants to read him a story. And this is a story that's been read from generation to generation. The grandfather's read it to their grandson and so on. And um, Fred Savage is playing baseball on the computer, isn't he? And that was a game that I used to play when I was younger. So I recognised that game straight away. Nintendo. I, yeah, I had that baseball game. Um, 
And he's not interested, is he? He says he's not very well. He doesn't want his granddad to come and talk to him. Uh, but he's, he explains that this is something that I had done to me, your dad had done, and so on and so on. And, and it's a really, really good story. So, uh, and it starts off with the uh, two main characters, with Wesley and, um, what's her name? Christ Almighty, it's, it's not Buttercup, is it? Or is yes, it's Buttercup. It is Buttercup, yeah. yeah. So, um, it starts off with Wesley and Buttercup, and Buttercup is, uh, is ordering... He's farm boy Wesley, isn't he? So she's constantly all him around, do this, do that. But you realise that she loves him. And um, every time he says, what, is, what was he say? Your wish or something like that. As you wish. As you wish. He actually but, means I love you. Yeah. And she catches on to that and it becomes quite a romantic little uh, line that he says. And he says it in a way and looks her in those, with those big blue eyes that he's got. Slash kind of BDSM. Do this, do that, as you wish. It is. Just throwing it out there. Appreciate it to kids. I don't quite have uh, that kind of level of knowledge no. about BDSM, James. So maybe you'd like to explain mm. what you mean. What experience have you had with that? Only when I had to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. What is BDSM? I don't even know what it is. Okay, okay, fine. BDSM, we will get that. Let's hope his missus looks at his mm. search history on his iPhone. BDSM. So you're now pretending that you're looking for it on the phone, is that right? No, no. BDSM. It's a, a, okay, I'm going through the Wikipedia because that's never wrong these days. <clears throat> BDSM you really is need to clear a variety of erotic practices involving dominance and submission, role-playing, bondage, and other interpersonal dynamics. Given the wide range of practices, some of which may be engaged in by people who do not consider themselves as practicing BDSM. Inclusion in the BDSM community or subculture is usually dependent on self-identification and shared experience. Is that like spanking? So how does that relate to Buttercup? Bondage and submission... Domination of submission, sadism and masochism. So we're going for the bondage and submission and the domination of submission. So it's really the domination, as you wish, and she tells him what to do, and he's the submissive one. He's her submissive. So you took that kind of slant on that, did you? Really. Just a so, sick so out of this film it's basically a fairy tale James has got BDSM I'm just uh, saying you never mentioned anything like Jim Frozen or anything like that uh, you're just a mucky pup but anyway through Buttercup and Wesley you've got a, they're kind of they really flirt with each other don't they they do and, and you can tell their general feeling um, and she's asking him to do stuff and every time he says whatever he fucking says I can't even remember as it you again. wish as you wish there you go every time he says as you wish she kind of blushes and flutters her eyelids and it ends up um, with them kissing and falling in love and the promise of... And what made me laugh... Yeah. And throughout this film, every time it was mentioned, when they spoke about true love... Do I you just kept think thinking, how much of a kiss? <laughs> how much of a kiss? Yeah. That's all I kept thinking. I kept thinking, do they know, James, is 30% rule? Yeah, Does it, has it gone back in time? It, was it kind of relevant then? When they kissed before they departed, was he giving her just 30% tongue? What do you think? James. Yes. Look, look, look. Okay. This whole 30% thing, yeah, it started. Yeah, but I, honestly, it's true, okay? For example, in The Wedding Singer, they were going on about the perfect, you know, the kiss. Okay, what kind of a kiss do you do when you're married? You're married, kiss the bride. And, and I think... Um, Oh, bloody hell, I've completely... So you're going from... Drew Barrymore's character says it's church tongue. And I figured that's probably about 20%. So a true love would add another 10%. It's 30%. That's honestly how I came to that conclusion, okay? D- Moving on. I've had, we've had feedback on Twitter from uh, females yeah. 
We've said true love's kiss is is endless. There isn't a, a figure on See, true they, love's they, kiss. They watch too many Disney films. Well, you watched The Wedding Singer and you got this information based on Drew Barrymore. I did. Yeah, she's fucking quality, isn't she? <laughs> she hasn't had a troubled past at all, so... Well, no, her character. Exactly, so you got it from there. These are real people we speak to so all, say all the real. time. No, I'm saying that... My true love kiss is 30%. Oh, you're just a cock. <laughs> so, they, and anybody who wants to know what the conversation's about, go to um, our Westworld podcast. Where no, I'm, I'm, I'm just... It wasn't Westworld, was it? No, it wasn't Westworld. No, it wasn't. Was it, was it, what was it then? Enchanted. Enchanted, Enchanted beg your Enchanted. pardon. Enchanted I've actually just Googled how to get you know, like, the perfect amount of time for a snog. Yeah. But um, I can't bother to read it. It's all about like, they, they mentioned long words there, like epiglottis and, uh, and, oh my Lord. and stuff. And I'm not really, you know. We're not interested in that. We just want to figure, don't we, end of the day. We want to yeah. know. Is it 50%, 30%? The right time for tongues is when your, kiss, when your kisses have become a little more urgent. Wife number four. That's just nonsense. <laughs> So, um, kiss as many people as possible. Anyway, continue. So they start kissing and they fall in love. Um, and then it pulls away, which is, I quite like. It goes back to um, Fred Savage and Peter Falk. He's like, well, this is like a kissy story, which is a natural reaction for a kid, isn't it? They want to see action. They want to see sword fights. They want to see monsters and horse riding and things like that. And all he got was kissing. And uh, it turns out that they do kiss. They do fall in love. But Wesley has to go away, doesn't he? He has to leave her. I completely—I forgot why he had to go away now. I know, I know obviously, what happens after. Uh, I can't remember. Isn't he has to earn money or something like that? You have to... so, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a reason. And they the can't live on... Yeah, on I didn't question the reason why he had to go away. It wasn't it's stupid. one of those things where you just go with it, don't you? you yeah. There's got to be... It's got, something happens um, for the story to move on, hasn't there, really? It like does. That. I mean, they can't just live together then... Right, there wouldn't like, be a story, would there? No, like Braveheart, then an army come along and try and rape her and kill everyone else. I mean, he has to move away for yeah, yeah. just natural progression. So he moves away. Um, and I mean, he might even actually say in here, he's not even referring to my notes at all, that uh, he says he loves her. And after Buttercup realises that um, she loves him, and it's a mutual romance. Well, that's nice. Uh, Wesley leaves to seek a fortune that's so it, they yes, can marry. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Buttercup later receives um, word that Dread... The Dread Pirate. Dread Pirate Roberts, who's notorious for killing all of those on uh, any vessels that he bought, attacked the ship that he was on, and believing Wesley was dead, Buttercup sinks into um, despair, basically, declaring that she will never love again. She will never give that 30% kiss to anyone else again. And I think she actually says that, doesn't she? Did she say 30%? I'm pretty sure In the uncut does. version, which yeah. I saw. The extended, the extended cut. And, um, and then, which is quite strange, because next you actually see um, Prince Humperdinck, which really reminded me of um, Prince Farquhar from... Uh, yeah, from Shrek. From Shrek. <laughs> yeah, it was that, is that, is that kind of, you will like me, because I am... A prince. Yeah. Later on, the that, king. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you will like me. Yeah, you just want the do like little thing to come along with yeah. that. Yeah, it really reminded me of them. Um, yeah, so Prince Humperdinck, which is uh, Chris Sarandon, I, I really like his character. He's a real evil bastard, isn't he? He just does what he wants. He'll lie. He's it, it's very power. much, yeah, King John. I mean, the, the, you've got King John and the Sheriff of Nottingham kind of thing almost going on, haven't you? Yeah. Between, between those two bad guys. So, reluctantly, she agrees to marry him. Um, 
an heir to the throne of Florin. So, and we discover that there's Florin and there's Gilda. There's two lands, yeah. isn't there? So the Gilders obviously don't get on with the Florins. So, um, due to law, and it's allowing allowing him to um, choose any unmarried woman as his bride. Uh, though she makes it clear that she doesn't love him, which is really strange, isn't it? I don't love you, but I'm going to marry you. Yeah. Uh, is, what I thought, she was in so much despair, she didn't really care. Yeah. I'm a parent, right? I didn't know it, absolutely. You've done well there. Thank you and very she much. she says that, uh, which leads on to, the film kind of like stops and reloads in a way of, she says the only pleasure she does get when she does pleasure herself yeah. is um, horse riding. I don't know why you find that so funny. That, uh, so, so she goes horse riding. It's the way it came out of your yeah, she goes. She goes for an early morning ride, doesn't she? Yeah. And that's when she, she goes... It went, really, sake, right? it went really funny in my mind and that made me giggle. Early morning ride. Like, it was going to get better than that. It was a fast and furious early morning ride that she went on and that managed to clear her head. It did. Uh, and having gone for a ride, whilst doing that, she meets um, Sicilian criminal genius um, Vizzini. What do you think of his character? Brilliant. It's such a shame he's not inconceivable. It's such a shame he's not in it for longer. I thought it was quite funny. He, it was better than me. I enjoyed him more than the other two characters, even though they were very good. But I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed everything about this bloke. He, it was. It was. It was so. It was over the top to the point where it was almost watching like watching a pantomime. Yeah. That, that basically that is it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a pantomime. But he was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. And here's with Inigo Montoya and the uh, enormous Turkish um, wrestler who's Andre the Giant who plays um, Physique. Physique. Or, or physique. Yeah, I never quite got his name. Physique, Physique. Yeah, Physique. I don't know. But he's Andre the Giant. Yeah. Um, and they say, is there any villages around here? And she says, no, nothing from miles away. And uh, he just says, fine, no one will hear us. No one will hear you scream when we kidnap you then. <laughs> and that's what they do, they kidnap her. And I was really surprised, I didn't expect that to happen. And what they did was they kidnapped her and put her on this tiny boat. Yeah. Um, and then set it up so that the, um, the it would look like the Gilders. Yes, that's it, yeah, yeah. from the Gilders had kidnapped her to start a war. And they'll be, they'll be busy warring whilst they can take her. And, and he's quite evil, isn't he, Bazzini? Um, because he's quite happy just to kill her. Yeah, but he, and you also, I mean, what ends up, his arrogance... He's very clever, but he's uh, he's not as clever as he thinks, I think. Or, and obviously that well, that's what ends him. Yeah, which is a really really good. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, you're right. He is, and it's yeah. And when you actually look at it in the cold light of day, he he's quite ruthless. <laughs> really, yeah. what he was prepared to do. Yeah. So they, they, so they put her in his boat, and they kind of make their escape. Um, and then they every now and then they look back, and they're being pursued by another boat, aren't they? But they don't really yeah. make much of it. No. Um, and in the meantime, Buttercup jumps off the boat to try and swim to the side of the banks. And then they've got this massive eels. Was it the screaming? Screeching, screaming or screeching Sp- eels. Yeah. That's pretty... I remember watching it when I was a kid. That was pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the, that was one of the few scary things. Yeah, I mean, I watched this with um, both my boys, um, 10 and 5 now, Adam and Samuel, they hadn't seen this before. Um, it was only Adele who'd watched this. So we all sat down and watched it together. And I was whilst the eels are flying around, yeah. you see a face on of the eel, don't you? Yeah, yes. it comes up with the jaws down. Yeah, and I was looking at Samuel, and he was like fixated at the telly. He was glued at the <laughs> telly. And I turned around to Samuel and said, are you all right, mate? 
He just looked at me and goes, yeah, yeah, like kind of laughed as if, oh, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't bother me. Like, why are you checking? <laughs> yeah, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah, yeah. You, you ask me, but you're all right. Should you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we discuss it? You're all right. Yeah, that's what he yeah. looks at me like. Yeah, yeah. If you're scared, Dad, just say so. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But yeah, so and she agrees to get back on the boat because if not, they'll kill her. So when she's back on the boat uh, again, um, Fasini says, "Well, kill her once we're off." You get any asks? Um, yeah. It's either Inigo or um, Andre the Giant just to uh, to kill her. And Andre the Giant. He's got his own kind of background story that he doesn't agree with violence, does he? <laughs> no, no, despite being a thug. A hired, a hired goo. Yeah. Yeah. And a giant. Yes. Yeah. But it kind of explains that he was reluctant to fight. Um, like Andre the Giant was. His, his history of fighting matches. That, um, and he has kind of killed people and hurt people in the past. So he's kind of like a gentle giant who yeah. is very clumsy. and doesn't realise his own strength. Uh, and I really liked going through these characters, the Andre the Giant character, um, because he is, he looks like Louis Ferrigo, or Ferringo, whatever his name is, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he does a bit. But he's got kind of more exaggerated features, isn't he? Yes. And because he is so strange looking, he's got such strong features, that he really comes across as a, a very troll looking, doesn't he? he uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. He did suffer, I think, the same thing um, that a lot of people, I think, is gigantism or something. There is... There is a, almost so, no, there is, uh, I forgot what it's actually called. There is, there is a disease he suffered from, which, which big people sometimes do, which, which is something he actually struggled with, even in the wrestling wing. I mean, for, for example, I think at WrestleMania 3, he couldn't walk down yet to be... Was he a wrestler? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he wrestled Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3 for the title. But on the before then. Oh, was yeah. he like a celebrity wrestler? Was he a proper wrestler? No, he wrestled. Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania, like main event. He's like, he's like the, the 80s version of The Rock. I mean, he was really, he was, uh, he was like quite big, yeah. uh, obviously, literally, um, and uh, in wrestling to the point where he made a bit of the WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan. That was a really, really big deal. Um, Wrestle WrestleMania three, where Hulk Hogan picked him up and slammed him on the floor, and unfortunately, because he he, he was largely he suffered from this disease, which I'm giving no credit to in getting its name wrong. I apologise. Um, but uh, he had to be wheeled to, wheeled to the ring, they, they, you, you know. Um, and then, I mean, they disguised that. He just he's standing there on a platform and each wrestler came down. Yeah. Because um, he, he wasn't, wasn't that much pain. Um, but he was, yeah, he was. Uh, Vince McMahon Senior, the guy that before, the, car, the Vince McMahon we have today, obviously owned the WWE, um, uh, had, had him as one of his wrestlers. And, and he was very good. And it got to the point where he was basically almost used eventually as a novelty act. He, he, you know, they, they got him out for, for big things, build up. He, yeah. he wouldn't really wrestle too much, too much in the ring, obviously, before he passed away. But yeah, it was quite so a big So what did he die of then? Was it due to his condition? It was, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if it was his condition, but I think it was something due to it. You know, like when you, you get one illness, but then you get several, yeah. several, I think, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to double check that. But yeah, I imagine he can't be very athletic because he's just so big, isn't he? He's such a bulk. Yes, he is. But yeah, anyway, um, so he's a really nice character. He plays a, very much of a general giant. Um, Inigo has got more, more flair, more charisma about him, hasn't he? But yeah. again, you see this later on, he doesn't come across as someone as evil as um, Fasini. Because when they're talking about killing this um, buttercup, yeah. you see, um, I'll call him Andre because it's, it's easier. Andre and um, and I go talking at the other end of the boat that they're not comfortable about killing and and, no. and and it's quite nice and because this is such a 
it is a kids film and it's so good it's kind of not you don't mind kids watching it because they're not talking about violence they're not talking about what they're going to do no and that's it, true. it's non-descriptive isn't it as in the act of killing them it's just said well you kill them and then they go well I don't want to kill her I think I think she's quite nice there's nothing wrong <laughs> and you get that nice balance don't you yeah, especially you do. the fact that it is a kids film so um so again they're pursued by this mysterious person in the boat until they get to some cliffs and um it's the and the, is it the, the cliffs of insanity isn't it think that's where they're going. It's, these names are just great, aren't they? Yeah. Speech news, Cliffs of Insanity. And uh, it must be on, I haven't even got it written down, I'd say written down in my notes, they're not even in my notes. But um, yeah, it is, the Cliffs of Insanity, there you go. It follows them across the sea to, up to the Cliffs of Insanity. Um, where Fasini orders Inigo to stop this masked person. And it's great, because they get to the cliffs, and Andre the Giant puts his harness on, and, he, uh, and it's comical, really, isn't it? And I think because of the way the theme of the film, the way it is, you can you can forgive a lot of the things they do. Yes, absolutely. There's this massive long rope, but it is a huge clip, isn't it? It is. And it, so you've got Andre with an Igo, Buttercup, and Bassini all in this harness. So he's carrying three people yeah. up, and he's just climbing up this rope like he's nothing, like, like, yeah, like, like he's Superman. Up. Yeah, it's a real kind of. Adam West Batman scene yes, where they're climbing a, up yeah. the walls <laughs> and it's on its side. It really reminded me, but they're being pursued by this mysterious person in the black. And even though adults watching this film, you instantly know who that is, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I didn't when I was a kid, but yeah. Yeah. But you did the first time you watched it. Yeah. You were like, that's Wesley. Yes, yeah. And thankfully, I was quite pleased being 40 that I could work the plot out. <laughs> I, were your kids I, surprised? Were the kids surprised? Um... Adam, who's ten, he he figured it was um, okay. It was him, but Samuel was just fixated. I, I think he was kind of the eels. Yeah, there was so much going on that. He I mean, just... what's so what's so nice though is we're obviously we're, because we've got kids, two of us anyway. Graham, Graham's got work to do. Um, what do you um, mean by that? He's got work to do. Well, he hasn't got a child yet, has he? he needs oh, some... you mean sexual work? So, well, no, not necessarily. You've got artificial insemination. Okay. Well, let's so, give him a chance to find out yet. Is that going to use a turkey paste or what? I don't know. I don't know. You could do, couldn't you? Could you use a turkey paste? You could, couldn't you? I know people we joke about it, but it's possible, isn't it? Probably, James, okay. yes. Right. So, no, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. So Moving on. No, but you hear... He's being inappropriate. I go, no, I'm not going to be inappropriate. No, this is an explicit podcast. This podcast, we agree, is not for kids. Yeah? Yeah, we should always mention that. Yeah. Which I always forget every time I listen to other podcasts. I always think we should always mention. I don't know why we don't. I mean, we've already mentioned BDSM now. It's a bit too late there, really. We should put it in a soundbite at the start. But really, really, you think we should start now after robot sex? (laughs) Yeah, no. But make people who come along because our audience is growing, but it could shrink after our new listeners realise that we speak about robot sex and BDSM and artificial insemination with turkey baster. Yeah. Maybe we should think about that, I don't know. Or maybe we should just do it and then listen to it and then they find out it's inappropriate and think, oh, <laughs> fuck this, I'll turn it off. They could do, they could do, couldn't they? Um, but it's explicit as marked on iTunes. I'd always tick the E Yeah. for the explicit. As you can see, they're all, they're all pretty much explicit. They, yeah, I don't think there's one that isn't. Is no. There? Maybe no. a Comic-Con one might. Yeah, maybe. But if you don't want us to be explicit, you can always email us if you want to. But the problem is, I think it holds back what you truly think. Yeah, Sometimes. yeah. Listen to our Phantom Menace one. <laughs> yeah. You can get past the right at the beginning. 
Yeah. <laughs> heavily edited. Heavily edited. Thankfully, yeah, he's heavily anyway, edited. Anyway, you were saying, Stu, sorry. Um, yeah, so it's in hot pursuit. So they climb this ladder, uh, or climb up this rope, and Inigo's left at the top, and uh, Andre and Bassini and Buttercup keep going. And again, it, 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 it remains like high, like it does all the way through the film, yes. that he's climbing up. And I love the, uh, the conversation that Inigo has with this mysterious person in the black, who we've obviously find out, plot spoiler, it's Wesley, that he can't climb up, he's knackered, and he's just waiting for a sword fight, isn't he? So he yeah. helps him up to the top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, I'm just out I can't, of breath. Yeah, I can't talk to you right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, well, I'm kind of waiting for you. Yeah. Well, how long are you going to be? Can you not talk to me? I'm climbing, I'm pretty knackered now, and you're taking away the rope. Yeah. Right. Can you throw down the rope? Yeah, alright. <laughs> and the fact that when he gets up to the top and he tells him he's out of breath and he shows him his sword, actually gives Wesley his sword, doesn't yeah, he? Yes. And they're comparing swords and start talking they to each are, other. Yeah. And it's great, it's really light hearted and I really enjoyed that. I felt quite safe watching it because a lot of these films that I've watched and I think, yeah, this will be suitable for the kids. You put it on and even words, even like PGs now, have shit oh, in yes, quite a lot. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you kind of panic, especially if you've recommended to put it on and the wife's sitting there, then they start cursing and you turn around and look at the missus and she's looking at sure. you. Is it? Yeah, your eyes. Like, Thanks for that. <laughs> Just got to stop saying that word and now you've recommended this. <laughs> so it was nice. It was quite a safe environment and uh, I got a pat on the head, I think, at the end of it. So they have a sword fight. Fantastic. Uh, it's it's very gentleman, isn't it? It's, it is. it's still very much... Are you ready? Yeah. So it's I like, am, I'm yeah. going to fight with my left hand. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to I'm use gonna this style. I'm going to fight with my left hand as well. Yeah. Goes, oh. Actually, I'm not left-handed. And he goes, no, neither am I. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. What did you think? It was good. And what I liked about it, it went, it went on for a while. Unlike, uh, unlike obviously, any, any, any of the one, two, three Star Wars episodes, there was, there was a lot of psychology in this, in this, uh, in, in this fight. It was very entertaining. As, as you were saying, it was light-hearted. It, and it showed... Quite importantly, from from a character development point of uh, character point of view, these two people were almost equal in in, in their sword fighting. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I still I felt okay as good as Wesley is at the end of it. Toss a coin, anyone could have won really if they did, if they played it out again. I thought it was really well choreographed as well. It was yeah. it was a quality bit of uh, choreography for for the yeah. fight and stuff. It's the same Josh, Josh isn't it? He loves his swords. He, he yeah, Josh said this is what got him into. Uh defensive but there's one important part which I do apologise that I missed um, that Inigo has a conversation with regards to he's got his own personal story that's he's on the trail for um, count or he knows it's just a person that's a six fingered person doesn't he yes that's it how many things was that James six thank you yeah just just making sure they're laughing because earlier I said oh yeah you know, the two baddies and the five-fingered man. And they all thought it was funny, because I said five fingers, hello! That's how, that's how much, no, you know. You got no, that's four so fingers and a thumb. And then Graham, and then Stuart was laughing, saying, no, James, we all have five fingers. And Stuart and I shared a joke, we both went, ha, ha, ha! And then some cock called Graham came along, and we knew, it's actually four fingers and one thumb! <laughs> and ruined it. Anyway, moving on. Your, your fingers are called something slightly different to your thumb. Okay, fine. That's why. So anatomically, you don't have five fingers, do you? Did you have any friends at school? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Miss, I broke my finger. Miss, he hasn't broke his finger, because anatomically, <laughs> it's a thumb, not a finger. 
<laughs> so we, t- we find out that the, um, the six-fingered man is Count Tyrone Rugen, so, which comes into play at the end of the film. Yes, it does. So, um, but yeah, so they have a sword fight, and uh, obviously Wesley wins, but being a gentleman, that, and they've kind of bonded strangely through this sword fight somehow, that he decides not to kill him, so he just knocks him out. Yep, fantastic. But that shows that you can have a fight and not kill someone. Exactly. Maybe. Which uh, is kind of a good kind of. It, it's better than like some films where you just get like just completely like you slay them. Yeah. And literally kill them. But he, he goes, no, I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. Unfortunately, hurt him. Yeah, but but, but so it's, it's just like it's just. Right. I know it goes with the humour and that of the film, but it is just it's, it just takes a light-hearted, funnier approach to it, and it's just like. Normally, you get like mus- uh, three musketeers or something like that, and it's just permanently sort of fight dead, sort of fight dead. Yeah, this is true. But it, even I think in the in the old school three musketeers, uh, uh, the trilogy, um, and, and even when you look at Willow, which had a lot of sword fighting in, you don't. You know what I like about them, and what I feel safe, uh, as Stuart Stuart saying, with the kids, you don't really see much blood. You don't really see yeah. um, arms cut off all the time and and, and things like that. Even though the you know it's blatant action scenes and. This one was obviously one of the best because it was light-hearted. Yeah, and um, thankfully, he well, it's just as well he didn't kill him because it plays into the end of the film, it doesn't absolutely it? Absolutely does. That if he would have killed him, he would have been absolutely fucked basically because uh, he'd be dead himself. But and it carries on, and it kind of reminded me of like, the three peaks that he goes on to the next stage, doesn't it? That he can see that um, inigo has been. We've been put out of the game, basically, and he. Neo Montoya, yeah. Yeah, so they um, they leave Andre the Giant. You stop him, and, yeah. I, and I was really intrigued to see how this would pan out. How is he going to beat Andre the Giant? Because he is just so freakishly big, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and in this, um, so strong as we as we've already realised. Yeah. With his special harness. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> you can make that sound dirty, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, and Andre the Giant, as um, the mysterious black character comes up, or dressed in black, that he throws a rock, doesn't he? And he's yeah, and he doesn't want to kill him, and he could have killed him straight away, and that's it. But again, he shows his character that, despite the fact that he is enormous, he doesn't want to kill him. But again, the mysterious person in black uses his stealth and speed. Um, to to mount him on the back and then he he chokes him until he passes out doesn't he but then yes. Andre Andre the Dragon standing again I don't know how to fight one man I'm used to fighting seven men yeah this is a completely different technique <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do this this is a different technique I can't just fight one man <laughs> and then he drops to his knees and passes out it, I think that's quite funny that is, as well and it is a really nice it, it sounds dopey but it's a really nice fight isn't it yeah it, they're kind of again. They're being really polite. It's not offensive at all to no. watch, and it, it's a fight with no violence. If you can possibly have that, and and again, it's the kids were laughing at that, and you really don't mind. And it's such a nice feeling, sitting relaxed, knowing that there's not going to anyone have their head cracked open, and people turn around like quote lines from Samuel Jackson and <laughs> tell people to fuck off, and yeah, the motherfuckers or something. So that was really nice, and. I really, the, my favourite part out of all the three characters when they met this mysterious person dressed in black was when um, Vecini, when they met him, or when they met each other. Yes, that was brilliant. Uh, that was absolutely brilliant. James, 
You've seen this film more times than me. You well, can probably describe it better than I well, could. Probably not as as, as better as you. But what what I liked about it was the scene. Kind of you see you see how his mind works. He 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 decided to see this guy's obviously educated because he you know he knows fencing. He decided he must be must be quite clever and cunning because the way he bested his giant, knowing knowing obviously he wasn't strong enough. Vasini arrogantly decides that I'm cleverer than you. We'll we'll have a challenge. And obviously sits down these, well gets them both to drink, to drink poison essentially. Um, one of them is poison, one of one of them is not. And you, you know which which one which one are you, which one are you going to drink? Um, yeah. And the verbal to and fro we have again we have again with these two is is absolutely magical. Uh, you know, you, you know. If you, if you think quite, this, yeah, I'm going to think this, yeah. and you're going to think that, and I'm going to think this. And I think Vasini's high pitched voice and the way he said completely helps his character yeah. character as well. And Wesley's clearly very relaxed throughout the whole thing, throughout yeah. the whole, which I think yeah, he doesn't, doesn't say a lot, does he? And then he just, he's just listening to this to, to him rant and, and basically, well, and he's just like watching almost tie himself in knots. Yeah. Yes. And then and then yeah, he goes and looks the other way and he switches around the. Um, he does. Yeah, and uh, thinking he's aha, got him now, and then no. Yeah, because yeah. it's um, iocane powder that he puts in. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. They both drink it. Both of them, uh, and and then obviously he says, "Well, you know, he." he I've built up a resistance to it. I've built, yes, that's where's he built up a resistance? Yeah, to it? which was, again, it's a, a farcical way that he manages to survive because he's saying, "Well, you think that I would swap it." So you want me to drink out of that glass, but you now know that I think I think that. So <laughs> oh, I'm going to drink out of that glass, so I'm going to have that one. And then he contradicts himself again, and it's great because it's it's so stupid. Yes. And and the fact that he drinks it, he turns his back and thinks he's um, switched him, doesn't he? And then he's waiting for this guy to die. Um, he turns out to be Wesley. That he says, oh, "Don't worry about it." He goes, "I had eight years of drinking it, and I built up a tolerance that I'm immune to this poison now." Well, again, that's so ridiculous. Yes, it but is. Because it's such an easy game, light-hearted theme. At you the take moment. into account for it. You don't look at these silly little plot holes the way you know. No. But spoiler alert: he's the only one that actually dies. Ah, I think you're right. He's the only person in this film that actually dies. I think yeah. I think yeah. I think Graham has made a really good point. He, he's correct. Inconceivable, but he is correct. Yeah, because um, he's the only person that literally. Well, no, he's not. Not until the end. I stand what corrected. About the six-fingered man. I stand corrected. Says a man with big shoes. Yes, <laughs> he is. Apart from him. Oh, him. this is another. See, look. We all think he's amazingly clever yeah. and cunning, like the senior himself. Yeah. And then we find out he's velcroed the shit out of it, and he's wrong. <laughs> so two people, two. People yeah, are. but it's like saying, do you know, I've done really well. I've not eaten today, apart from that pizza I had for dinner. Then those burgers. I want to have a fry up for breakfast. <laughs> but apart from that, my willpower is so super strong. I have not eaten today. You just done it then. Uh, I was right. really impressed with that until. And then, but I thought about it, and then I was going back through the scenes of the film, and I went, "Oh, actually, the Six Finger Man does actually die." <laughs> so, Point apart, we've just realised that two people do die in this film. So be prepared for death. So he drinks the icane powder, and it kills Vicini. Um, He's out of the picture. But the other two obviously aren't. Then we realise that Prince Humperdinck's rescue party is in hot pursuit. Uh, the man in black flees with Buttercup. Um, he taunts Buttercup, claiming that women cannot be trusted. Um, and that she must have felt something for her true love, 30%, once upon a time. Um, but she, somehow, doesn't realise 
But um, even though speaking with the, the same, same way, Lois Lane doesn't realise Clark Kent's freaking Superman. But anyway, carry on. Exactly. Um, so they do a runner, and it's only when she pushes him down this steep bank, and as he's falling, he says, "As you wish." That's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, give me a bucket. I want to be sick." Oh, I I thought it was really that. sweet. It I was, was really sweet. into this film. <laughs> And um, I'm more impressed about Alan. And then she went, "Oh no, Wesley!" And then decided to take a freaking tumble as well. Yeah, she realised. She tried to run or walk down that hill. But it's true love. But she it is true love and falls, yeah. and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe she falls madly enough and head had... over heels. She falls again. Exactly. Head over heels, nothing. Yeah. So she runs down, or she falls down the ravine um, after a thirty percent kiss to follow him down there. Oh my God! Um, sick though, you? To find him battered and slightly, but he is unhurt, and. His uh, his little, um, was it the Flash? Wasn't the Flash? Was it? It was. Um, who was the other one? Who's the blind geezer? Daredevil. Daredevil. He's got a little Daredevil mask. He on. does. Yeah, that yeah. comes on, and she realizes. And, uh, she realizes Wesley. Um, and they before they kind of carry on running, they share a thirty percent kiss, and uh, they're both unhurt. And then the only way they can evade um, Prince Humperdinck is to go. And I really enjoyed this part as well. This really yeah. reminded me of Willow when they go into the um, the fire swamp. That's it. Yeah, and, and I really like that because you instantly know that at some point there will be quicksand. And I said that to both yes. the boys. I said there's going to be quicksand. There'll be some kind of monster. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Very similar to the one possibly that could have been in our labyrinth or something like that. And you realise that in the fire swamp, that only rodents grow abnormally large for some reason. It's probably a convenient thing that someone who could fit into a rodent suit that they had laying around, that so rodents could grow bigger. But to be, to be fair though, that rodent was more realistic than CGI Yoda. Yeah, it was really good. It was quite. <laughs> pretty bad. It was quite scary for yes. for kids. But again, it was this time when you had filmed like brilliant kids films, and now I've gone back to revisit the films like Kroll. That that was 1980, I think. Legend. Yeah, and you've got a Beastmaster, and films like that that are so good. And I've sat down with um, mainly Adam because he's ten and he can handle a bit more kind of sword fighting and yeah, fantasy yeah. violence than than I, I want uh, Samuel to see. But revisit all of these old films, and they are so good. They really are. Even like Labyrinth from Willow and films like that are, are, are really really good. So you, I instantly know in this forest, they kind of set up, there are certain things that you need when you go into a scary forest. As I say, one of them's quicksand, one of them possibly will be a large rodent, or it could be a spider, um, or it could be some half-man, half-horse or deer being, something like that that they're going to come across. And again, she, funnily enough, fell down in quicksand, didn't she? She did. So, and he rescued her. And again, when he rescued her, he was really calm, wasn't he? And he joked about it. And again, as they're walking through the forest, every now and then, the ground crackles. And he knew. He knew. Yes. Fire comes up. Yep. I mean, you've got sports skills, haven't you, Graham? I have. How would you have handled that? Would you have done that any different? Would you have done a forward roll, or? Depends who was in the quicksand. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't be that stupid. The chances of you dying are quite high, so no, it's all right, mate. So would you think your sports skills would be a benefit, or? They oh, I, would, be I would try and message you in a different way. How would you do it? I'm not going to go into that this time. Like, uh, that's fine. I'd rather, mean, not, I'd rather not be ridiculed anymore than... That's fine. You're a lone wanderer. I am. Are you still a lone wanderer? Or yes. is that you stopped that after Westworld? I am Westworld. a lone wanderer. Would you go into the um, forest? No, I'd take the army on. 
Would you? One. Really? Yep. Fair enough. Um, that was a really good conversation, that was. <laughs> so right. Wesley tells Buttercup um, that Dread Pirate Roberts did attack his ship, but kept him alive um, after he explained um, the depths he has of his love for Buttercup, which I thought was really, really sweet. Again, it all ties into the general theme yeah. of this film. Um, Wesley became Dread Pirate Roberts' um, valet, and later his friend. And over the course of four years, Wesley learned how to fence, how to fight, and how to sail a boat. And eventually, um, Robert secretly passed his name, his captaincy, and his ship onto Wesley, just as his predecessor had done to him. After facing many trials or ordeals, such as snow sand and all the other stuff, that, um, that he kind of passed his name on, and he kept the legend alive, he didn't did, he? He did, he did. So, which was really, really good. And it's kind of... So the legend of the pirate lives, but through the various different yeah. people, and he's left... Kind of like Ra's al Ghul. Or Ace Wimmer in the door. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's very true, yeah. So that's so me a gift I'll be back for breakfast. <laughs> so that, that kind of carries on that theme, and he does it because um, one day knowing that he will come back to his true love, given that 30% kiss, he has got his fortune and they will be wed, which is um, his shock when he comes back and finds that Buttercup is back with Lord Farquhar. Banging a prince. Exactly. So, what did you think of that fight with the large rodent? Hilarious. It was a really It was funny. Fight. It wasn't really it was, scary. No, it was... I think at first it was, and it ended up being going from scary to fairly comical. And it's hard to yeah, it's like, it, I, I was like, looking... I was bitting his shoulder now. Oh, what's he going to... Oh, oh, oh. And then it was like, one on top, one on it was, top. It was definitely one of the more, one of the more gruesome fights. When did you think it was intentionally... Like, the, the, the comical side of it was intentional or not? I, I don't, don't know. You, I don't think you can help it that if you're wrestling with what is an oversized cuddly toy, yeah, I, there is no way of making that realistic. No, there's not. I mean, it, and that. So I think that's where the comedy, the comedy, maybe not intentional. Yeah. But if you're rolling around and pretending to wrestle with what is a, you know, like a fake animal. Yeah. And you've got to try and put movement in the animal. It's it's going to be funny. You're going to do it? so much with it. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to end up. Some something is just going to look so silly that yeah. it's either going to look really stupid or, in this case, look stupid and quite comical. Yeah. I mean, Samuel was horrified. When I looked at him there, I had to say to Samuel, there is someone in there. It's just a costume. Because it, it was so serious. Because obviously we feed Larry rats. He knows a lot about rats. And the fact that there was a rat there that was about eight foot long... <laughs> Thinking, was, that's bigger than me. Yeah, he was pretty horrified. So they make it out the other side of the... Um, the fire swamp, only to be caught by Prince Humperdinck. He was a great tracker. He was, and he even admits himself that he's a great tracker, a great yeah. warrior, and a fencer, and, and a hunter, and everything like that. Um, and really, to, too much of his disgust that um, Buttercup says, I will marry you, I'll do anything, yes. just don't kill him. And really, in front of everyone, and even his foot soldiers, she's declaring her love... Um, for Wesley at that time. So and then we find out that um, Lord Farquhar, Prince Humperdinck, is a cunning little shit. And he tells um, Six Fingers to basically take him, kill him, and kill him. Yep. Yeah. Break him into despair. That's right, the pit of despair. And I really like that pit of despair because it, then you meet um, Mel, Smith. Mel, yeah, Mel Smith, who plays the Albino. And the first time you see him, <laughs> he speaks for this. 
really evil kind of voice, and he clears his throat, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, and he's got it. And yeah. it's less offensive. It's yeah, like, he just speaks like a, a normal kind of southerner, doesn't he? Yeah. And I, I like that, because, I mean, in this country, Mel Smith had um, Les Smith and Jones, didn't they? That's yes, it, yeah. Uh, which was a brilliant kind of slapstick sketch comedy programme. And um, then they did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, didn't they? Yes. Uh, and that was actually brilliant. So, so in the United Kingdom, for, for people who are kind of maybe... 30 years and older now, they'll, they'll know a lot of their work. So it was nice to instantly relate and to see him. I mean, bless him, he's been dead for, for quite a few years yes, now. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, and it was great to see him in anything. Um, along with, I mean, again, Peter Cook. But to see him later on in this was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore were kind of infamous for what they got up to. Just unbelievable. So it was great to see him. But... Um, they take him away. They do. And um, he starts planning um, the wedding. And basically, he, what he wants to do is he wants to marry her. Yes. And on the, after, as soon as they get married, he's going to kill her. Yeah. And then he's going to blame it on... Um, he's going to blame it on the Gilders. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that was his plan. Yeah. Um, which obviously he learned. Shock horror. Shock horror. Yeah. And what, so they take um, Wesley away. And what is such a bizarre machine... It's a torture device. It takes your life away. That they put on him, yeah. It's it, like a vacuum. Yeah, they put a vacuum run by water and on a big uh, meal yeah. wheel, isn't it? Um, and it's suckers that they put on his nipples, on his temples. It, 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 it's like a sex machine kind of thing. It's so, 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 where are you? So you had a go at me for bringing the BDSM up. Now, now you're bringing the BDSM machine up. Well, no, it's you just are. a really weird machine that... I thought it was going to be a, a rack where they'd stretched him. And, and that's what even um, one of the kids thought. But when they got these suckers out <laughs> what, what and started did, sticking it all over his body, I thought, what, what did Mrs. Chu think about that? Doing? What did Mrs. Chu think about that at the time? Uh, Mrs. Chu, uh, she's seen it before. Oh, so, of course, yeah. Yeah, so she was quite... What did the kids of, think? I think it was a bit weird. Um, she didn't really say anything. I was the one who thought it was... Um, a sex machine. I, I, I didn't know what she said. Do you have one now in your home? <laughs> I'm making one. Okay. We're lacking a river at the moment to actually have the water. So, uh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Well, only when it's raining then you'll turn but, it on. But yeah, it's a painful life-sucking invention called the machine. Um, so they strap him into the the, uh, the machine and it's got a gauge on there. And they suck him dry. Yeah, and if... And it's a very simple machine, and even thankfully, so we can all understand it. If it goes up to level one, that's one year that's been taken away from you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that's what they do, and they they stick him on this machine, and he screams so much um, that it's so loud that conveniently Andre the Giant hears him, and um, Inigo hears as well. Yeah. And they recognise his screams, don't they? They do. And because he basically done them the favour, and they, they know that he's the man in black. Yeah. And they now also know that Buttercup is the one who's going to marry the prince, who's, as you said, you kind of refer to him as the, um, the Prince John from Robin Hood. Uh, yeah, I thought that relationship, it was very much like your Prince John and the, and the, and the sissy five plus one fingered man is, uh, was like, was it's like the Sheriff of Nottingham almost, you know? In yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're classic uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, so he goes on the machine and they realise that he's on there. They do. Um, but also what he's planning to do is he's planning to clear the forest, isn't he? That's what Humperdinck's... Yes. Um, and he knows that Wesley is... He's not dead at this time, 
but he knows he's still a threat. But he doesn't know about the two. He doesn't no. know about Andre and no, Nigo. No, no, he doesn't. So um, he uh, he doesn't. Does he actually? No, he doesn't escape, does he? No, they they rescue him, sort of. But I can't remember. God, old age is just a curse. Why is it that he loses the plot? It's because Honestly. she upsets him. Buttercup upsets. Buttercup upsets him. And he just fucks off down to the... Um, yeah, 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 and he actually goes down there to see him. Doesn't yeah, he? And, he, and, um, and because and, he's not kind of cooperating. And he pretty much tells... Is, is, is this how Wesley learns of his plan? Yeah. Does he do the typical? If I remember, he does the typical James Bond thing, doesn't he? Yeah, he, 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 they, and they say about it as well. They say, yeah, we're going to do, I'm going to tell you how we're going to kill, how I'm going to kill you, what I'm going to do. I'm going to it's, it's, quite, it's quite succinct about all that. It's quite funny. Yeah. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. And, then I'm and it's him, that, and, and then he kills him. Yeah, he lifts it up to level 50, doesn't yeah. he? Um, and then, ba- yeah, basically he's dead. And I think it's, it could, if I'm wrong, it, 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 they're the screams. That in I go. That's, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think the interesting thing at this point is I love the bit when he's dead. Obviously, throughout the telling of the film, as you said, we we flash to uh, Fred Savage and Columbo, essentially, and, and obviously, uh, uh, um, Fred, for Savage's character goes, "What? He's dead?" He's like, "Yeah, he's dead. That's it." Yeah. And you're like, "What?" Uh, yeah. Even when you were a kid, I was like, "What? That's it?" Yeah. I was like, "No, no, that can't be it." Yeah. What a crap ending? Yeah. I didn't have a word for crap. I probably thought rubbish at the time, but still. And Peter Falk, he was this. Look, I'll stop reading this. Maybe you've had enough. Yeah, go, no, I love that. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. Yeah. Do you want to play your Nintendo? No, I don't. Yeah. I want to know what happened. Yeah, it is, it's so lovely, isn't it? it They've is. got that kind of connection and bond just through this book. And I think that really helped, really helped the film. And I think because he knew he was reading the book, it gave you that suspension of disbelief where we are quite often and quite rightly moaning about films that that happened, the, the, the ridiculous plot holes. But I think the way they tell this, and I don't think I'm being, I'm being unfair in other films, is, is I really felt like things like that did not matter. Like, well, with, with you know, Andre's special harness, the long, yeah. climbing the long rope, things like that, it didn't really matter. You didn't really question it in your head, like where some films you think, wait a minute, that's not on. Yeah, and it's, you because, know? Yeah, it's because he's reading a book. Yeah, and it's the the vision you've got in your mind. Of absolutely, what, like, you absolutely. That they can actually get away with a hell of a lot more. Yes, they do. Plus, fact, it's a fantasy film and a kids' film that ticks those boxes for it's going to be stupidly over the top, and, and it's allowed to be like that. So, excuse me. So Wesley is now dead, which I was really surprised about. I didn't expect him to die, um, and that alerts Inigo and uh, Andre. Andre. So. He tells, Humberdink tells uh, Buttercup that Wesley's gone, he's not dead, and he's gone off on his boat. He'd be, just like last time, he's given up on you. you know, yeah. she, she, goes she says, no, he'll be here to rescue yeah. me. And he goes, fine. He goes, I can't be any fairer than sending four of my fastest ships out um, with a note to say you're getting married. And if he does come back before the wedding, then I'll obviously let him marry you and I'll leave you alone. Full knowing that I've just killed him. Yes, yeah. And, and, and strangely enough, she believes him, even though he's lied to her the whole way through. And everyone else in the forest in the village heard this scream. She's not a really night. good role model, really, really is she no. for, for other women? She's but so naive. Yeah. yeah, she is very naive and very innocent. Um, so, and he's hoping to do this in order to um, start a war with the neighbouring country of Gilda, isn't he? Yes. And, and really, that's his. And he's quite happy to use her death to start this. So, Inigo and Andre, they go on the hunt for, uh, for 
for Wesley. And I, and I like this. This is quite a sweet little scene, isn't it? Where he uses the sword that his dad gave him. And even though it was completely stupid, he picks up that sword and he kind of, he says, sword, guide me to where he yeah, is. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of just pointing at his sword and it's a bit of a kind of Inspector Clouseau stupid moment where he's just stumbling around with his sword and he finds the tree and he thinks, well, this is a tree, this isn't where he is. So he leans against a tree. And strangely enough, the trap, trap door opens. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that was a really nice scene. The sword worked. Yeah, that was lovely. It was so nice. To go down and actually find he's dead. <laughs> to go down what? So nice. To go down there and actually find he's dead. Yes. Right. And um, <laughs> so then they take him away and then he knows one person. Um, the Miracle Man. The Miracle Man. And Billy the Miracle. Crystal. Yeah, Miracle Max, who's played. Um, Analyze that. Yeah, Billy Crystal. So, and again, he's a, a crazy character. He used to work for uh, Prince Humperdinck, who got fired. Yeah, he worked for the he king. For and the then king. when the prince became king, he then kicked him out. That's it. Thanking you. He's a bit bizarre, this guy. He's well, nuts, isn't he? And he's probably, was he yeah. playing like a wizard, isn't he? Was he playing yeah. almost like a Jewish part? I mean, I mean, it was very... It, it appeared like... Well, we're not going to get back into this... No, like, no, 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 I'm saying it was definitely like trying to play a character. He had this really bizarre accent. He had the kind of mannerisms of uh, like a Jewish person, yeah. That, that, uh, that's what I felt. But that's Billy Crystal. You can imagine Billy yeah. Crystal just improv all of that, can't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, doing all these weird things to try and make him alive, which we all thought we had a bit of hope there, and it, and it didn't really work. Yeah, he says, you're lucky, he's just dead. Yeah, I like that, I love it. Just dead. Not yeah. really dead. No, he's just dead. He's yeah. just dead, he's just, just dead. completely dead, it'll be really difficult, but just, just dead, dead, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, just dead, we can do that. Yeah, so he, he gets that big pump, doesn't he? He yes. sticks it in his mouth and starts pumping it. That dead. used to be, back in the day... Oh, here we go. How they used to resuscitate people because they used to think that it worked and they used to blow smoke as well. But up their arse. Is that a fact? No, it's a fact. We've had facts it's before. Fact. We've had the like, it's not the like, we're the Velcro, Velcro facts. We had Velcro gates, I like yeah. to call that. <laughs> yeah, but they used to have, they had like loads of different, over like the early kind of 1800s, they had like loads of different random shit that you'd hang people up to. So when you said blow smoke up your ass, it means bring yeah, you back literally. up. I did not know that. Literally, blow smoke up your ass. So, sports skills, knows about boats. First you know aid. About that. You've got first aid. You've got first aid now. 18th century first aid, but first aid on the well, Yeah, but when, back in the day, when I... Back in the day. first aid. Then, yeah, in the 18th it century. Like, yeah. And yeah, and, and there was like loads of... And that blowing bellows in your mouth and stuff. It was all that type of thing as well. So yeah. did you do that? No, I did it properly. So how, did, how would you resuscitate him? I wouldn't. What would you do? He's just No, he's dead. just dead. Yeah, but he's you've not, got the not, skills. I'm not going to go into clinically just dead. I'm not going to go into clinically and biologically dead. I'm not going to do that. Well, yeah, no, no, see, see, I'm for, boys and girls, too much has Graham <laughs> sat on the fence. Is it a boat? Is it a ship? I don't know. I'm not answering. Okay. He's sat on the fence too much. Let's we need to know. When they took Buttercup away um, to see me, did they escape in a boat or a yacht? You know about this. I don't know. I was confused. Well, it, it's a ship. Oh, so it's a boat, yacht, and a ship. But a yacht is just a, that's just a boat with sails, isn't it? Uh, you're the expert. Yeah, You've said that you're on the, the Jaws podcast. No, you I just you're the expert. Oh, I just said about the difference between a boat and a ship. That's Which all is, I was saying. It's about the size of it, isn't it? Yeah. Women, you, you heard it here. It's about the size. <laughs> so, yeah, about the size. Yeah. Not the boat from the ocean. It's a captain of a ship. And you can have a boat. So it's all about size and... So you don't get a captain of a yacht? You do get a captain of a yacht. But they're a skipper of a yacht, not a captain. 
Oh, this is muddling the waters now. It's getting... I'm really confused. I'm confused. I've never been So is a, is a skipper different to a captain? Oh, I'm not going to do... Oh, just Who, leave me alone. Would a skipper outrank a captain? Just leave, no, just Can leave me alone. Can a skipper say... Just leave me alone. I don't trust your judgement anymore. I'm just leave exercising my right to become yeah. the head of the ship. Just leave me alone. If the captain made a bad decision, could the skipper overrule him if he thought it was bad, even though the skipper might be underneath him? So could a captain... A captain... A captain... A captain... I'm getting bullied now. Could a captain skipper a yacht? As well as a boat, or has it just got to be a cruiser? Because <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 this isn't an article kind of. If we were on a boat and you were our skipper, what would we oh, call fucking you? Fucking hell, sir, skipper. Oh, I already Ryan. jumped overboard a long time ago. The, God, he's sitting on the God, sitting on the fence again, again, isn't he? Yeah, yeah again, Grant right, sounds right, like okay, fence. Right, next time, next podcast, I will bring in facts. All right about. Boats and yachts and all that kind of okay. crap. Okay, yeah. that's what we want. The first right. five minutes, we're going to get to the bottom of this problem. Bring in boat fat. We started with red eye. In quite fact, a few, quite a few fact, months ago. For the next three podcasts, yeah, you choose a subject, and I'll bring in facts about it. Come on, we want we want any subject. So, so boats. Oh, I've done one. it now. Boats is the next one, and then we'll find out the next one. Okay, what even better? Okay, anyone tweet in a subject. Any subject whatsoever for me to research, and then and then Graham up. will research this subject and come up with a, a true and accurate fact about this subject. And uh, and Stuart and I can talk to him about this fact. Yeah. So and we'll discuss in depth, like we like to, to make sure these facts are correct. So tweet us or email, but we're, we're I'm on Twitter all the time. Um, just tweet at a film realcast a fact or a subject that young Graham can have a. Like a, a discussion about, okay? This is going to be Let's really, education. really good. This is going to be great. I'm going to be banging out tweets all week <laughs> for any kind of subject. We, we could make an entire new podcast. It could be a, a, a new, you know, yeah. side side podcast. <laughs> exactly. Spin off. So, um, anyway, so they, he brings um, Wesley back to life, but it's a floppy Wesley. Uh, who has, <laughs> James, I didn't mean, James? mean it like that. He is floppy. He wakes up. Floppy, doesn't he? He, he can't move. Yes, he, has he no can't strength. move. No, no, he's that's because he's, he's not dead. stiff. Yeah, he, he has. Yeah, he's not stiff. He's no, floppy. He's floppy. <laughs> but what would he you can, have? He can't stand up. Out of floppy, he could not stand to attention yeah, at all. Exactly. His he can't use his arms. So he can't sword fight. He can't walk. So Andre basically walks with him under his arm like he's a bag. Ragdoll. Yeah, it? yeah. So, but they come up with an idea. He knows that the um, Buttercup is getting married. Um, to try and storm the castle. But the but gate is being guarded by 30 men. Exactly. But it's not 30 men, though. How are they going to get past there? But they come up with a cunning plan. Meanwhile, in the church, Peter Cook, um, who's brilliant, he, it very reminds me of Life of Brian, where he goes, Cool, what a wick! <laughs> he can't pronounce so the word properly, does he? <laughs> so, um, have you seen that, Life of Brian? Yeah, it is very funny. Yeah. Who else do you want to save? What a wick! Cool, what a wick! Let's save what a wick! So um, he uh, he says, but they're married. So Wesley hasn't arrived, and uh, Buttercup takes a drastic action of right. I'm gonna go to my room and just kill myself now. And she then, does Romeo and Juliet. Potentially. Yeah, she's realised eventually that these ships were never sent out. Yeah, she goes the four ships. What four ships? You know the four ships that you're gonna send out. Oh yeah, those four ships. You haven't sent them. Ping. Fucking brainwave. She's worked out. Penny dropped. Penny dropped. Yeah. So, 
Um, and I love the way they do it, which is quite scary in a way. The way they do actually manage to storm the castle, where they've, they've got this kind of cloak. I can't remember what they call it now. Um, but Andre wears his massive cloak, and they set it all on fire, don't they? And everyone is underneath it, and they, he rolls it towards the castle, and they think that Andre is some kind of monster. And his face does look really freaky. You've got the flames and the light underneath him. And he's telling all these kind of villagers. They look like the villagers in Shrek or Pitchforks. And yeah, and they're just running away and just yeah. like completely utterly scared. Yeah. And it's just the one bloke standing there with the key. Yeah, who's a fucking idiot. I'd be on my toes, I really would. Um, so he stands there, he lets them in. Uh, by this time they're married. Uh, then one thing kind of leads to another. Uh, Wesley's still a bit floppy at this time. But um, Inigo sees um, Count... Count Tyrone or Count Turon, however they pronounce it. And he's after him. He wants vengeance. And this leads to them having a sword fight. That was brilliant because you knew it was going to come. I really, really enjoyed this sword fight. I thought it was really good. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Yeah. Prepare to die. And that's what he said um, during, during the uh, sword fight, obviously, with Wesley. You know, you know, yeah. Right but it really surprised me that he's, there's a, a big old foot chase through the castle. Yes. And he, they run into this um, chamber... And as soon as Inigo runs through it, into the room, um, Tyrone just throws his dagger, and it gets him, and he just falls against the wall. And I thought he was going to die. I thought he was going to throw it. Yeah, I thought, what's going on? I, thought, I was looking forward to a sword fight so much, <laughs> and now he's going to die. And I wanted him to kill him. I didn't want anyone else. It no. would have been nice, but I wanted Inigo to kill him. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it didn't sound disappointed that he sorted him out. No, it, yeah, really and it was a, another really, really good sword fight. It was a fight. long and painful kind of fight for yeah. both of them, really. Because they were yeah. bleeding from all kinds of places. Yeah. Exactly. Tyrone, he, uh, he uh, stabs him in both arms, in yeah. the chest and on the legs again, doesn't he? And he kind of stops. And then he says that mantra again. My name is Nigga One. That kind of funnies him up, really, doesn't it, to win? Yeah, yeah. it's like that, right, and, and then go, boom, and that's it, he's gone. Yeah, and he then. kills him. And again, he actually gets, um, the the Count, he stabs his, both his arms again, doesn't he? Yeah. The same way he's been treated, and then he kills him. And I was, I just loved it that he killed him. And again, it's, even though he's kind of been stabbed a few times with the sword, the violence is still kind of fantasy violence. It's yeah, not and, and it's, it's as toned down as it can be, considering what they decided they wanted to do. Yeah, and yeah. the kids were so pleased when the baddie died. Yeah, it's, it was, it's a pantomime kind of. That's it. Way. Yeah, it really is like yeah, like a pantomime He's behind you. Death. Yeah, and. Uh, Wesley finds Buttercup in her chamber before she's going to kill herself. Well, she, he's, she's, he's lying on the bed all floppy. He is. He's, but he's kind of stiffening up now, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's seen her, he's stiffening up. So, and, and again, this was so... Fuck, I'd say. I'd it wasn't was a letdown. It was kind of typical of the way this film's gone. Um, and, and they can get away with it. But again, because they're kind of... You've got Peter Falk's, or Peter Falk's voice narrating a lot of this. And he's got yeah. such a, a famous voice from Columbo that... Um, and if you're taking this from a book, it will work. And he, the Absolutely. way it's, the way it's put visually, the fact that um, Humperdinck runs into the room, gets the sword out, and then uh, Wesley stands up, and he, he kind of pretends, doesn't he? You yeah. realise that and he points his sword at Humperdinck, and he says, I, I thought you were kind of out of the game. And he says, no, he goes, I've got all my strength back, I can kill you, I can do this, you're nothing. And he really puts him down. He calls him all these kind of... Um, Yodi names. It, it almost it almost gets to the point ridiculous, isn't it? Really. But yeah. 
it kind of reminded me of those Austin Powers moments when they when they did all those James Bond cliches. Yeah, you know, uh, and he tells him to put down your sword, and he goes, "Okay, then," and he does just just yeah. puts his sword down, and they tie him up, and that is it. That is supposedly the a, big bad fight. Yeah, the big bad villain. Probably had that with him once twice. So I didn't feel disappointed. No, I didn't. Um, I just wondered if he was going to die or not. And through this, Wesley didn't kill any, or he, he kind of killed um, Vecini, didn't he? Well, Vecini killed himself. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he didn't kill anyone. I mean, but directly, he didn't really show like too much aggression as such. No. Not like kind of angry Graham aggression. Yeah, considering that like... um, Humperdinck <laughs> had killed him. Yeah. Through this, um, through the machine. Again, there was no aggression. No. And he died, and he wanted him to to have a, a very lonely life. And a, a very lonely death, didn't mm. he? And that's what he wanted. Um, a really Which is worse than death itself, I'd imagine. Yeah. And you see Andre the Giant with horses. He's a, the the one thing he's off. actually done right. Yeah. Which was really sweet. Yeah. It? it was like, it was like look, look what I got. I've got horses just in case we all got back together and we can ride off. Yeah. I've even got one for the girl. Yeah. Oh. They said, oh, you've done something right. Yeah. The first thing he's done right in the whole movie. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it always cracks me up. When, when the uh, film's such, on such a high then, you, you just... Anything can happen, I think, at that point, because it's just so nice. It's, it? a, it, it's always a surprise that this is not a Disney film, the way, obviously, yeah. the way everything kind of plays it's out. Pleasant yeah. And again, Peter Faulkner, or Peter, I keep saying Faulkner, bloody hell, Peter Falk, um stops then, then he closes the book. Yeah. And he goes, you don't want to hear the rest, he's just kissing the rest is. Yeah. <laughs> and Fred's like, no, 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 no. no <laughs> yeah. I love, I love uh, the character arc from, from one of the players in Nintendo Baseball. Yeah. Obviously, and he says, you go and play your game. He goes, no, no, I want, I want to kiss him, I want, I want to hear oh, it. I don't mind yeah. it. Yeah, and, um, and the film kind of ends, they kiss. It does. And he um, kind of closes the book and, uh, and through that whole story, which is a brilliant story, that's um, Savage and Falk, and they've bonded uh, and they've gone a complete 360, haven't they? Yes. And it's absolutely lovely and, and I really, really like that because they're two lovely characters anyway um, through previous and really that is the Princess Bride um, in a nutshell in a, uh, what is it, about an hour? In about an hour, in about an hour, a classic film yeah. for, with, with a massive cult following. Um, brilliant. I mean, I'll go first. Uh, best bit was all of it. Worst bit uh, was when it ended, really. Uh, five out of five. Job done. Thank you very much. Wow. That, that's quite possibly the quickest review you've ever done. I love it. I love, I love this film. In fact, I think that's even quicker than my American Werewolf in London. Really? I mean, <laughs> and that was quite quick. Yeah, you're, um, that was you. Oh, man, that was awful, that was, wasn't it? It was very painful watching that film. That was painful. Really painful. Um, this one, um, I like the best bits, the storyline I thought was really good. It's really funny. Nice tongue-in-cheek kind of princess fairy tale um, with some very funny adult humour running through it was like, I guess it's kind of like the the original kind of kid film fairy tale film with adult humour undertones well, so both can enjoy quite well enough, yeah. yeah so yeah. you've got like yes yeah, like robots as well did it quite well but you know where an adult can watch it and find it equally as funny as a child but for a completely yes. different reason mm. because I can just say you know <clears throat> the, the fun out of it so I thought that was really good uh, worst bit for me I haven't got a worst bit I can't really say well, you really liked it oh I my gosh I, you know I wasn't sure I, I, I can't really say I've got a worst bit it's hell. a really non-offensive film there's nothing I'm really surprised because when you watched it you messaged us to say that you're watching yeah. it and I thought here we go yeah and then you messaged it again so I can't believe I'm watching it or something yeah. like that. 
And I thought, oh my god, he hates it. It's, it's only been about not, 20 minutes. It's just not, yeah, it's just not offensive. Did, and did she like, love the other half watch it with you? Or no, no, she didn't. Oh, okay. No, I watched it. I, I did watch it in two hours. I often watch the films in two hours. Well, nice gym break in the middle. But, um, sports skills. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just nothing. I would give it probably four. I probably wouldn't watch it again in a hurry. It is more of a Christmas. Would you watch it? Would you watch it with your son in five, ten years? Yeah, time? yeah. It's more of a Christmas yeah. film. It's more of a yeah. oh, that's on telly. I'm yeah, going to watch that kind of. I know what you mean. You kind of expect it on around the holiday season. Yeah, you just go. Oh, you just go. Oh, yeah. um, that's on. There's nothing else on. I don't mind watching that. Yeah. It's that. Right. You know, I wouldn't go. Right, I'm going to look for that and I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But if it's on, you can go. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. Rather than anything else. But yeah, I thought, you know, okay. all right, it's not. There's nothing to say about it, really. It's just yeah. a fairy tale. Well, I really like the film. I'm going to give it a five. Whoa! Five, five, and a four. Did not, it wasn't expecting yeah. that. I was the, not expecting that, that. Yeah, I just. I mean, it is a brilliant film. And I spoke to the kids after, and I said to them, what would you give that? And they both said they'd give it a five. Whoa! And they really, really enjoyed it. It got both of their attention. Um, they sat Which down. I think is quite rare. There it is. is. Uh, where, where you've got your Xboxes, where you've got your Nintendos, yeah. your iPads, your Netflixes, I think that's quite rare. And that's, yeah, they live in a YouTube generation of watching yeah. other people playing computer yeah. games. And, and four or five minute YouTube videos as well. Yeah, and Call of Duty. So for them to sit and watch it, um, completely not getting up at all, and asking questions for it, and laughing, and just enjoying the ride, was brilliant. So... For that, it's a five. And wow. thank you, Mary, for recommending that. Yes. You've opened the door for something new, and it was brilliant. And I'd quite happily watch it again tomorrow if it was on. I'd sit and watch all of it again. I, I liked it that much. It was brilliant. So, um, as I say, thanks very much. What are we going to do next? Well, we're, uh, I think Josh is with us next. The plan was Tash the Clones. So we are back on Star Wars. I believe again. we are back on the Star Wars train for next week. Okay. Yes. So, Attack of the Clones, when was the last time we watched it? The last time I watched it, uh, about four months ago. Seriously? Yeah, when we did all the Star Wars, I watched them all, just in case. Right. So, because Attack of the Clones, I'm not a fan of. Okay. I prefer it a bit more than, than The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Emphasis on a bit. Yeah. Like you, I think, it's not given the game away, I think we said it before, in the other Star Wars ones, we, I do like, I do, in, I do enjoy Revenge of the Sith. I can yeah. watch that probably once a year and be okay. Yeah. The others, not so much. No, I mean... I've, I've never watched two or three, so... Oh, really? Be, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be out of the box for me. So, yeah. um, from what you guys have said about it, I will make my own mind up. Yeah, I mean, I know it's fucking shit. So, <laughs> do the review now. Best bit, worst bit. <laughs> but I, I haven't watched it for years. It's been I don't that think long. my opinion's going to change. I don't think I've ever been excited to watch it. That's why I haven't watched it. Yeah. No, but Star Wars Attack of the Clones, for me, it's the film that, that, that irreversibly ruins the lightsaber. That's, that's, that's all that's yeah. from my But really, I mean, it'd be great if you come in and say you like it. It will be such a good podcast. It'll be a great podcast anyway. No, because I think Josh so is not a massive say. fan. He likes the Phantom Menace, but he's not a massive fan yeah, of this. So that'd be great. But, um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, remember, it's really important, and I will put tweets out. Tweet us a, a subject... That our master of knowledge, our dictionary, our theosaurus, our encyclopedia, spell. With the Grails, yep. will tell us some facts about it. And it could be anything. It could be sewing machines. It could be anything whatsoever. And um, it will be like a, an episode of how do they do it or how it's made. It will be that factual. 
So uh, I'm I will get because I'm going to proper go to town on it. You know that. I'm going to have like more notes than you're going to have for your. For so I want something really obscure, something really difficult. Obviously, nothing sexual, nothing illegal. Can I put, can I put preferences in? No, 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 no. This no. is this is audience participation. This is audience. If it's guns, then that's good for you. You like yeah. guns. If it's sport. If it's boats, if it's medicine, psychology. Yeah, you know all of that, so you've got honours degrees. Biomechanics, yeah. Good. The life and times of a sea slug. Yeah, <laughs> but something really weird will be great. If not, if we don't get anything, we will fucking nail you on this. It's going to be good. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll do it a couple of days before, and give you a couple of days prep on it. But we'll get our eggs <laughs> together. He's under pressure. Saying. So we're at the Film Real Cast. It's www.filmrealcast.co.uk. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. We are great. Taking over the world. Taking over the world. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Good night. night. Where is the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? You're trying to trick me into giving away something. Won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I, I could have sworn I saw something. I, no matter. What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my glass and you from yours. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Ha 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 